Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Hi, welcome to the Parenting Bites podcast. This is Rebecca Levy, co-founder of KidsUse.com, and I am here today with Amy Oztan from SelfishMom.com. Hi. Hi, and today we have Nancy Friedman, my Kids Views co-founder and from HipToHousewife.com. Hello. Hello. Um, no Andrea today. Where she? She's always like on distant shores. Today she's in Barcelona. So again, we don't feel bad for Andrea. Yeah. And, and evidently eating fabulously because it's a World Congress and she put up breakfast, which looked pretty incredible. It's the Mobile Facebook. World Congress. Yeah. I don't know what's so exciting about it. I don't know. I what guess the, they do it right. Yeah. Um, so today we are going to talk about three things. We are going to talk about the new YouTube for Kids app, which was my parenting bite of the week last week, but we didn't really talk about it. Um, now we've had a chance to really dive deep into it, try it out. I went to a YouTube event where it was just an amazing event. It actually was very little app playing and all like in the ball pit and playing with Sesame Street characters. But we'll <laughs> listen to an interview with someone from there. We're going to talk about the digital dilemma of the week, which was actually brought up by Amy whose son is awaiting his high school acceptance letters. God, it's so nerve-wracking. <laughs> and um, that's what happens in New York. You actually have to apply to public school, which sounds crazy to the rest of the world. And um, whether or not you should be sharing your good news on social media when you know everyone else might be getting bad news. And then we will have our Parenting Bites of the Week, the one thing every parent should check out, download, read, or listen to. So let's jump right in. We'll talk about the YouTube for Kids app. This launched last week. Um, on Android and iOS. It is a walled garden app, for lack of a better word. Your kids enter this app. They are only going to see videos that have been selected and curated by YouTube, both by an algorithm and then through a process of quality assurance and things like that. Um, There is advertising allowed. But it is, it is a really, really interesting app. So we're going to take a listen to the interview I did this Saturday with um, one of the lead product managers from YouTube, and then we will discuss. All right, let's <laughs> get started. So I'm here at the YouTube Kids event for the launch of the YouTube Kids app, which is available on Android and iOS. And we're going to talk today about why you guys built the YouTube app, um, what it is, and how parents can use it. And how kids can use it, which I think is great because it's super, super kid-friendly. So I'm going to kind of jump right in and talk about how large is the YouTube kid audience? Mm -hmm. So the way we're we're looking at how big the YouTube kids audience is, we're looking at, you know, how much time is spent um, on family entertainment content on YouTube today. Um, And so what we're seeing in that space, we're seeing tremendous growth. Um, Whereas on main YouTube, we're seeing 50% year-over-year growth. Um, On family entertainment content, we're seeing 200% year-over-year growth in time spent. So, um, you know, that's kind of one of the main ways we're, we're looking at it. So with the new YouTube app, you guys have curated the content. So actually, right. how, the way that it works is um, it's a two-step process. The first step is we algorithmically narrow the broader corpus of YouTube to family entertainment content. So this is okay. like the thousands of family entertainment channels we have on YouTube. So that's the first step. The second step is a manual sampling for quality control. So we sample that content to ensure quality control um, and family appropriateness. 
And how are you dealing with ads? So many of these sites already monetize their channels. Mm -hmm. Are you allowing those ads within the YouTube Kids app? Yeah. So um, it was really important for us that the app be free and available to everyone in the U.S. It's a U.S.-only launch. Um, but So that means it's ad-supported. Uh, but what we're doing with the ads is the ads go a rigorous, undergo a rigorous review process. Um, and so we're really limiting the ads we're showing to be family-appropriate as well. Okay, so you're not going to get the butt lift ad showing up next yeah. year, which is what happens now, right? Yep. And then one of the other nice features is this really screen time that parents can set up controls. And there's a lot of parental controls. Right. So... Yeah, we really, that. we built this, you know, what, what I what I personally love about the app is we built this with families in mind. So we put in a lot of features that obviously make it easier for kids to use the app. A lot of design elements like big images, small text, no comments, etc. But for parents, we also thought, thought about them. Um, so for them, we have the ability to turn off search. If search isn't for you, we have the ability to turn off any audio. Um, and then a personal favorite, really useful with my three and a half year old son is a timer. Parents don't have to be the bad guys. They can set the timer. Um, and then this really delightful character comes up and says, time's up. And he kind of <laughs> goes to sleep. Um, and, you know, the parent has to unlock it in order for the app to work. So right. Until your kid learns your code, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, I see you do it once and they're like, eh. <laughs> Yeah. And one of the other things I really love is the voice search for kids. Yeah. I mean, it's really nice that this was built in mind that kids can't read. Exactly. Until you know, maybe six Exactly. Seven. And when we were testing this internally at Google, we actually tested it uh, very thoroughly, both internally at Google and YouTube, and with a group of, of external trusted testers that were under NDA that we worked closely with. Um, and the search feature was hugely popular with kids. Um, and what we've done really amazing things there. You know, we trained the algorithm to work on like high pitch voices um, to really recognize those oh, kid great. voices or if they're slurring sometimes. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of sort of the magic of YouTube that's coming alive in this app. And when it does the recommendation for your next video or other videos to watch, it's really only pulling from the things that were Correct. already curated for this app. Again, that two-step process, the right. narrowing with a quality control. But, yes, the narrowed con the narrowed. Corpus. I mean, I think that's probably key for parents, right? Because that's the thing on YouTube. Your kids can start in one place but yeah. end up in a very different yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> even, so this, even watching Elmo, that exactly. can happen. <laughs> it's probably a line out the door. Um, I think that's great. So how can – so for content creators – are you always going to be selecting that content, or can they apply to be part of the YouTube Kids app? So for creators, it's um, you upload your content to main YouTube, to regular YouTube, and then it becomes a candidate to show in the Kids app. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's the same process for content creators. So that's really interesting. So it's good to know that you guys will be vetting. Someone can't upload anything and say, we're a family channel, and then it kind of slides into that app. I mean, it, it'll go, you know, it needs to pass the two two steps. It needs to pass the algorithmic, you know, family friendliness right. um, step. And then it needs to pass our quality control. Right. So it's not, you're not getting really poor quality directly. Mm -hmm. Although kids don't seem to care. Yeah. Kids will watch anything. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's really great. I'm really excited for this. I think especially for parents with kids, younger kids, mm -hmm. who are, we all know, kind of using YouTube as a babysitter. Even yeah. Pretending they're not. Um, but this has... 
it has that nice feature of both being safe yeah. and also the timer. I mean, the timer yeah. is key. Nobody yeah. likes those fights yeah. with their kids and the bad guy. And then I think those two. And then the third thing that I would add to that and, and what really excites me about the app is, you know, we know kids' interests are different. Um, like my three-year-old son, he's really interested in, like, how do clocks work? Um, or like niche things like, you know, car washes, right? So this app really allows kids to kind of find the topics that they're interested in. And we know that it's not a one size fits all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's the third thing. Yeah, um, that is one of the nice things, things when you, you even said. just showing me the yeah. app, like when you searched for trains, the yeah. fact that it wasn't just all Thomas the Tank exactly. Engine, that there exactly. is real train videos. Exactly. Yeah, and even the TED Talks you have mm-hmm. in there and Khan Academy. Like, yep. That's kind of the stuff you want your kids to stumble mm-hmm. upon. Exactly. <laughs> Which is exactly. really, really nice. And they do. And and it's great that we're able to show that nice mix. Yeah. So what was the feedback from your three-year-old? <laughs> oh, my God. My three-year-old is obsessed with this product. Actually, you know, it's funny. You bring up a funny story. So when we were building the app, um, you know, like I said, we were testing it very rigorously internally. And I'm starting to notice, you know, as we're filtering the user feedback we're getting, I'm starting to notice this word that I never see at Google. Crying, cries, crying. People were emailing us and saying, oh, my kids are crying when you take away the app. <laughs> now, as a product manager, that makes me both very sad and very happy, right? right? So that's kind of why we built a timer. You know, we wanted to uh, make it, you know, make the, when screen time is done, make that a more delightful and a more fun experience. And mm-hmm. I think we did that with, you know, kind of the way he pops up and, you know, with a cute little animation says, time's up. Um, so so one less battle. Oh, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> son knows him very well. Yeah. And he's okay with him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, he enjoys it and he kind of sees it as part of his product experience. You know, right. you know, he gets to do these um, searches and watch the content that he loves, but he also knows that, you know, time's up at one point. Right. That's great. Well, you guys have created a great product. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great product. And thank you so much for talking to me. Oh, today. thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. Bye. Okay. So... Um, that's the YouTube point of view <laughs> on the app and why it was built, um, which was really, I will tell you that what, when one of the things that was nice and you could hear that in the interview is she has a three-and-a-half-year-old, and there's a lot of theories that Google um, is now interested in developing some of these kids' products because people at Google are actually having children now. They're actually old enough to have children that everyone has grown up a little bit, and they've all realized, ooh, I don't want my own kid on YouTube. So how can I create something for my kids? I think the cynics amongst us probably think they also realize that advertisers want a safe place to advertise to children because when they put their ads up on YouTube, you really just don't know what you're getting. And it's it's sort of a wild, wild west of advertising on YouTube, um, which any parent can attest to when I always say the story of my children on YouTube where all of a sudden my daughter's like, what's a butt lift? And I'm like, <laughs> what are you watching? And she was watching something totally fine. She was watching like one of her favorite beauty bloggers, but that's the ad that popped up. Huh. Um, so what did you guys think of the app? Do you have time to check it out? Uh, I mean... I- my kids, I totally missed the whole phone thing with my kids because um, they're they're too old. Like, I couldn't shove an iPad or a smartphone into their hands when they were little. But if, if they were younger and I had this as an option, it's awesome. It's really great. I mean, it, it's the videos are fun. They're really well curated. You can set a timer. Um, so they can only use it for, I think, a maximum of two hours. It's it's fantastic. The timer is fantastic because it makes you not the bad guy. Yep. Like the little dude pops up and he's like, it's time to turn it off. Right. <laughs> the default uh, is off. The default is no timer, but you can yeah. set it up. 
And I, I will say that the one criticism I have of it is that there's nothing stopping your kid from going to other parts of your phone while they're using it. And this is where I'm going to put in a plug for Windows Phone because Windows Phone has Kids Corner on all of its its phones where you can, you know, it's like a walled garden for the phone where you just put the apps in there that you want the kids to use and they can't get to any other settings on the phone. Kindle Fire has that too. Oh, excellent. All right. Because I, I don't like that you could hand the, the, iPad, the, the iPhone to your kid and they could then mess with other things. But other than that, I love it. But what they can't do, which is the basis of the app, is end up in parts of YouTube that where they would see things that you don't want them to see. Yeah. Um, and they can search by voice command, which... I think it's brilliant. ...is really incredible, because I do think that, certainly for this generation of kids, kids who are right now in this sort of 4 to 12 range... Um, the ones who are in the upper end of that aren't going to use this app. They're already on YouTube. There's no going back. But yep. for the little, little kids, they actually can search via voice command. And that, I think, is a great um, feature. I do think the only kids who are going to be using this, certainly at this stage of the game, are those littler kids. And yeah. most of the content does yeah. seem to be geared towards little ones. Oh, well, totally. there's actually, they have TED Talks is on yeah. there. Um, Khan Academy is mm -hmm. on there. But I think that it's... As we know, when your kid hits eight or nine, it can't say kid, it can't look kid, or yeah. it's just not cool for those kids. Um, so there's that. And then I think it is the kind of thing you kind of have to grow up on it. If this is the YouTube you know, and most kids are only watching YouTube on an iPad or a phone. They're not on a laptop or a desktop watching YouTube. So if this is the only way they know to open YouTube, if they don't have the other YouTube app on your, if you don't even have the main YouTube app on your phone, then that's what they're going to do. Right. It's also important to note that there are, is still advertising. There are still marketers gathering information about your child's um, habits of what they're watching. So they're sort of establishing those brand loyalties very early. So it is the, still the same sort of deal with the devil you make when you use any of these so-called free services you're paying with your information, with your marketing data. And most of us have very willingly, you know, a billion users a month on YouTube have very willingly made that deal with the devil that in exchange to get to watch all this stuff, I'm going to give it up, and you're going to let your kids do the same. I think, though, you know what's interesting is I think parents would rather the app know that there's a kid and so put an age-appropriate ad because yeah. you've already said, okay, I know it's not going to be ad-free. Like this is, And look, even PBS has those McDonald's right. you know, promos before Sesame Street starts, which I think is even worse. Like Your kid is like programmatically sitting there while McDonald's pops up every week or every day. Um, they have salads. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a vegetarian, and even I don't eat the McDonald's salads. Okay, you're there for the fries. Yeah, exactly. But I think, um, you know, maybe I think adults would rather think that it is appropriate advertising for a child rather than again the butt lift, um, which I just for my daughter. Rebecca is obsessed with the butt lift. <laughs> I just think it's such a funny thing to be advertising in general. Or the other, dating other, sites, other than on things. the subway, right? Dating sites, condoms. Um, I don't think I don't know if there's alcohol advertising on YouTube, but I will say that I do find it unbelievable that they managed to keep actual nudity and porn off of YouTube. That right, must that's take a whole an army man. <laughs> there's but, actually but a great article about the um, horrendous life of the moderators who yeah. look at all that content every day from not just YouTube but all those sites. Like how it's like traumatizing. But that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I liked is one of the things she showed me. They did a search for trains again using the microphone because most kids can't read or type at this, the age we're talking about using YouTube, which I really think is six and under for this app, maybe seven. Um, 
And it wasn't just Thomas the Tank Engine that came up. It was actually like cool, real videos of trains. You know, kids get obsessed with watching like construction trucks and yeah. trains. So all those videos came up. And then like you could get a TED Talk or a science, one of the science videos pops up on like how locomotion works. And um, it's really cool that it curates from all these different sources. I thought it was just going to be like animated stuff and PBS and whatever. But it's a really broad range of content. I, I think for a kid, you can really drill down and, and you never run out of stuff to see. And the suggested videos, which is the worst part of YouTube, right? That <laughs> is how your kids end up in horrible places, are all completely appropriate and curated and take them to like other good stuff. So and it's really beautifully laid out. So the main videos on the top and then the suggested videos actually run along the bottom instead of like that mosaic Right. thing that happens on YouTube. I think it's easier for a kid. On the bad side of it, as a parent, you cannot then go and watch the view history. So you you don't know if your kid watched TEDx and science videos from National Geographic or just spent two hours watching, you know, Caillou or But if whatever. you just gave your kid two hours of screen time, sorry for you. Yeah. <laughs> like you, yeah. sort of, you sort of gave that up already. Um, you know, if that's what you want, then you, I guess you plop them in front of a TV with a DVD where you can totally control what they're watching. Yeah, I would, really, I would only want to see the history if it was on regular YouTube and I was worried about what they're watching. Right. I, otherwise, I don't care. It's also worth noting that if for some reason you don't want them to search, you can turn search off. Yep. So I, yeah. I guess if you, I think then you can like only put on videos that you want them to see on the home screen. Yeah, yeah. there's there's a way it's interesting. Like you could like, you, I don't know, lock it on Elmo, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, which is all my niece would want to see. She would just be yelling Elmo at that thing <laughs> all day long, uh, which is I'm sure I would love to see the search history, like an aggregate of the YouTube kids app to see like the <laughs> most searched for terms. And what was really interesting, too, is if they typed in like sex it'll say that is not a searchable term. Right, say, sorry, yes. search for something else. And yes. there's like a cute little face that yeah. actually looks a lot like face from Nickelodeon. Do you remember that? From years ago, there was yeah. face. And that was uh, actually my yeah. friend Chris Phillips was the voice of face. <laughs> um, but it looks a lot like face. That's really funny. It's definitely, I mean, it is so designed with kids in mind. It's like big and bold and big icons that are very easy to understand. It's the swipe motions are super easy. Um, you do have to put in the parent password to change any of those things, which I recommend for parents. Do a different password than you would do for anything else. Because if you think your kid doesn't know what your stupid little four-digit pin is for things, you are so wrong. Well, I didn't on mine. I didn't get a choice of putting in a password. They put four. They spell out four numbers, right. and it's different each time. And then I have to so that if you can't read, you can, you don't know what to put in. Um, that's how it was on mine anyway on iPod. Yeah, that's no, that's interesting. That, that's what it says. That it's a number that's there. It's different every time. But kid could do that. I know. That's what I didn't understand. Was she on Android? Maybe she was on an Android tablet. Maybe maybe it's different on Android. That's interesting. But why would that work on? Android? All right. Well, now we have to delve into that a little deeper because that seems bizarre. Because even if you can't read, you can you can repeat. Right. <laughs> you can repeat four one 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 or whatever. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Talking tech, apps, entertainment, and issues around parenting the digital generation. This is Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. All right, so I'm checking but I'd love to see. So, you know, what's interesting is Vine had released their app for kids about a month or two ago, and I just did not understand why. I Little kids are not on Vine 
Really? That's like bizarre. <laughs> oh my god, are you kidding? I spent so much time in the Vine Kids app. I'm like embarrassed to say how because it's all of the stuff you want to see. It's all yes. babies and animals and food. <laughs> Moving food. That's all it is. It's awesome. But so maybe people will then show their kids Vine. But I just feel like Vine is such a like teen, early twenties um app. And well, I guess they're trying to <laughs> move into a different get them category. Early. Right. I but like know. was there a demand for like I wish my kids could watch Vine <laughs> safely? Like I don't feel like I've ever heard a parent say that. Like my daughters love Vine, but all they watch are those Vine channels that are like the best of vine yeah yeah. And just watch the other people aggregating stuff so i think it's so funny i would i would i really do want to hear from parents who are like i downloaded the vine for kids app for my two-year-old because that was what i wanted my kid to watch well i can endorse it for 42 year olds because <laughs> i mean all you do is you just keep swiping and swiping and swiping and, and getting to new videos there's no search there's no settings there's no nothing you just keep swiping and i could do it for hours that it's is really so sad funny that's like how to raise a kid with zero attention span <laughs> right right <laughs> they're just gonna watch six second videos no i heard that they're um they're coming out i can't even say i'm not gonna say grinder for kids you know oh <laughs> i mean seriously like, what it's weird they it did just weird. say they were going to charge people over 30 for tinder so smart so maybe that's the opposite end right where you don't want the old people on yeah. they're going to start <laughs> gating it the other way yeah. don't you love that though grind your kid <laughs> it's awesome so wrong <laughs> So wrong. Maybe that's how they find their next play date. But (laughs) (laughs) all right, so that's YouTube app for kids. Check it out. Let us know what you think of it, and please tell us if you're using Vine for kids. Like I gotta hear. I gotta know who's watching. I want to hear from your kid. (laughs) I want to hear from your kid about who's watching it. All right, we're gonna go into Amy. I'm gonna pass this to you because this was your digital dilemma. Yeah. So. My son is in eighth grade, and um, if you don't know how New York City school high school selection process works, congratulations, you're very lucky. <laughs> um, but it's it's kind of like the college process in that you have to apply to a bunch of different schools. And, and kind of like the Hunger Games. Yes, very much. <laughs> and, and, and unlike the college process, you actually have to rank the schools, so it gets even more complicated. Um, but the letters are coming out soon where the kids find out where they got in. It's incredibly stressful, and my son's school actually sent home a letter the other day begging parents to talk to their kids about what to do when they get the letter. Because the letter, it's given out in PM homeroom, it is sealed, it is addressed to the parents, and there is no way the kids aren't going to open it. There's just, there's, don't even try. Like, they, they didn't even try to tell you to tell the kid not to open it. But what happens a lot of the time is, the kids all leave school. You know, they, they, they can control what happens inside the school, but once the kids walk out of the doors, they have no control. So the kids leave the doors of the school, and they all rip open their envelopes, and half of them are crying, and half of them are screaming, and half of them feel great, and the other half feel terrible, and it's it's usually a really awful scene. So they're, they're just asking kids to, number one, wait until you're alone. You know, even if you can't wait till you get home, just wait till you're on the bus or on the subway and have a moment to yourself. But number two, what I thought was very interesting is they're asking kids to keep their results off of social media until 5 p.m. so that everybody can kind of have time to digest it and and think about it and, and you know, marinate in it before they start sharing it with their friends and finding out where their friends got in. And it, it struck me as interesting because when I'm talking about adults sharing news on Facebook and things like that, I, I just think you should go with it. You should share your good news as long as you're not specifically targeting somebody where, like, you were both up for the same job and, and you're like, you got it. it. Exactly. <laughs> as long as it's, it's not something like that. I mean, 
our friend circles are wide. If you're celebrating good news about a baby, chances are two other people that you know are trying to have a baby and are going to feel bad, but there's only so much you can do, you know? Right. Share your good news and be happy with it. But in a case like this where, what, tens of thousands of kids are going to get the same news on the same day and all of your friends are going to be getting the news at the same time, I think it's really smart. I think it's a good idea to tell the kids to just kind of pull back, you know, stay quiet about it for a little while. Not everybody is going to get the good news that you are. I see it with colleges going on, too. I know my niece is applying to colleges here. She's a senior in high school. And I see the same thing with college. And not not so much from the kids. Well, maybe because I don't, just, I don't follow a lot of teenagers. <laughs> maybe that's why. But more from the parents. Like, but congrats to my blah, 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 who got into blah, blah. And I do think about that. I think, like, that means everybody's getting their letters. And you're kid may or may not be on Facebook like who are you saying that to and why do you have to share that publicly I don't know it just seems weird well I don't know why do you have to share that publicly we share everything publicly now yeah Yeah. I would share it yeah (laughs) I would totally share it but I do think think I would wait I do I think the difference between like if you have a baby and you know it's true some people you know are going to be having fertility issues they're still adults yeah. If you're a kid and you're posting on social media, I got into school, it's still other kids who aren't necessarily, certainly this generation of kids, necessarily prepared to deal with disappointment or failure. Um, and it it's that that's what makes it different. And I think that I actually think to say to wait till 5 p.m. is reasonable. Yeah. Just don't do it right away. Give people a chance to sort of sit with it, talk to their parents have a chance to like be well, prepared. Well, what's so awful for these kids is that let's say your kid doesn't. Okay, so let's say your son, oh, let's say, opens the envelope and says, "Oh, mom, I got into wherever." You're like, "Great!" And then you put up on Facebook, "Oh, you know, Jake just got into wherever." And then like you have all these other parents who haven't heard from their kid yet, right? Yeah. So then you have this barrage of parents like, "Why am I texting their kids? Like, why open your damn envelope? Like, yeah. where'd you get in?" Right. Like it just starts off this chain of insanity in this city, especially of pressure on these kids. And middle school is the same way. Middle school letters yeah. went to the school, and some schools gave them to the kids to take home. And some schools had said to parents, you have to come in and pick up your letter. We had to go in and sign for ours. Yeah, we did too. But in my year was the first year they did that. Before that, the kids were given the letters. And I remember coming to school for pickup and seeing kids like bawling. And these were fifth graders. Right. These were like little 10-year-olds. I mean, this is know? obviously a very sort of New York City or big city-centric issue. But the bigger issue is... How much good news can you share without it being obnoxious, without it being gloating, without it being hurtful to others? And is it only in the cases where it's sort of a universal time of finding things out, well, like college is. admissions, or, like or is it all the time? Or there's dance team, or there's trips, or there's, I don't know, maybe some places it's like honor roll. Like, I feel like there's always going to be something where there's many people in your community up for something, or kids up right. for something, and then... You know, some people like I don't care if someone's like cheer team goes to the national championships and they do well. Like, great, that was their team. But if I could imagine if I was in that community and it was the cheer team tryouts and I was like, oh, I'm so happy for Brandy, she made it, and like your poor kid who worked their butt off. But they have, but people have to be allowed to. Right. I mean, I have a friend who put up on Facebook a friend who is otherwise reasonable in every way. (laughs) Last year, put up on Facebook a close-up picture of her son's straight A's on his report card. And that was my reaction. I was like, ew, ew, ew. And thank God he's in camp because he would have been mortified. Yeah. I, I have well, seen. Well, was a, it like a rare thing? So she was like, no. Oh, no. Well, that's weird. No, I have seen a lot of pictures of report cards, which I just find very icky. I, I, there's something. There's It's one thing to post 
we got the report cards. My son did great. Congratulations. And even to give a couple of grades, but to actually post a picture of it, I think is like posting the results of a medical test. But I guess it comes back to then, but why do you have to share that publicly? Why can't you be excited for your kids? Like you tell the grandparents, like you do it how you always did it. What does it tell your kid that you had to share that on Facebook in order to like get some validation for it that now you're more proud of them because other people were like, way to go. Good for you. Like, who the hell cares what Joe Schmo in Iowa, who you used to go to fucking camp with whenever? <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> um, but, like, who really does care that he's like, way to go, you know, whatever? I think you're setting that example for your kid that now if you don't share it on social media and people don't like it, like it didn't happen, you know, it just starts up this idea of, like, the kids who delete their pictures from Instagram if they don't get 100 likes. Like, why... I could see if that's what I'm saying. Like, if this kid had gotten D's his entire school year and then pulled out a report card of A's, and you're like, he did it. Like, he got the A's. This is awesome. But if it's like, here's my kid's report card, you know, woohoo. On the other hand, my daughter got an award in school a couple of weeks ago for getting a good score on a test. They actually give out medals to the kids who got a good score, which I thought was awesome. Not a certificate. It was more like a sports thing where the kids who got a four on this exam actually went up on stage in the auditorium and got a medal, which was fantastic. And when she came home and I wanted to take a picture of her wearing the medal and post it online, she was just bursting. The fact that I would want to share this with, you know, my friends with, you know, online, like she sees this as my friends. She doesn't really understand Facebook yet. Right. (laughs) So the fact that I would want to share this with my friends just made her so proud. Wait, I don't, I don't really see what you're getting that, Rebecca, with the why would you want to share? People share everything. You share the good things, you share the bad things. I was shocked last week someone put up some like absolutely horrific, horrific crime that happened in her family up on Facebook. And oh I my think, God! Why, why would you do that? Well, I wouldn't. Sh- I wouldn't share that either. I don't. Right. I don't like the public mourning. Like I just am not that person. I still think that there is no reason to share everything. And if you are sharing everything. It can't be because what you need is the validation from all of those people to either like it or comment on it because that's that's the part that actually bothers me the most yeah. is that I feel like people do it just for that outside validation. And then we're raising a generation of kids who constantly need this outside validation. And that is a really slippery slope to be in in relationships for your whole life it's the oprization of society if it didn't if i didn't go on oprah and talk about it (laughs) she didn't make a big deal of it it didn't really happen and that's what's happened with and and that quite honestly is how two-year-olds and three-year-olds live like everyone has to be looking at them the whole time they're completely narcissistic it's all about them and other people validating them which is perfectly developmentally appropriate but it seems that social media has allowed us all to continue that into our right, and and then we're telling our kids that that like, well, oh, put it up. Did you put it? Did you share it? Did you share it on Instagram? Did it? Did people like it? Like, I don't know. It's just. But well, I do love my uh, my mother in law bought a new car. She was uh, eighty two. She bought a new car, and she was so excited. It was the first time in her life she'd owned a new car, not a used car, and she put up. Um, a picture and she doesn't have any followers on Facebook it's like four <laughs> so my husband put it up on his Facebook page my mom with her new car she's so excited and she my 82 year old mother-in-law called the next day to say how many likes did she get oh my god no but that is how addictive it, was, it is that is how adorable, much you crave though. that that outside validation from people who don't even know you yeah, it's just weird. Okay, but since I'm not going to stop sharing that stuff online, we should talk about the right way to do it. <laughs> okay, because, right. like, I would share that picture of my daughter and say how proud I am of her, but then I wouldn't go to her the next day and say, ooh, look, honey, you got 50 likes. 
you must be really smart. But if she says to you, how many likes did I get? Do you say to her, well, that's not what's important. What's important is I shared it and I wanted to share it with everybody, not, oh, my God, you only got 10 likes. I guess no one else is proud of you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or when they're... Try better next time. Or or when they're sharing the news of of the high school, you don't say, ha ha, suckers, I got into, you know, whatever. You you learn to be humble but proud. It's it's a fine line, but I and think I, we can teach our kids to do it. And I do think that what we have failed at as a generation of parents is explaining to our kids that you're not going to succeed at everything, that you're not going to be good at everything, and people are going to be better at you at some things, and you're going to be better than them at other things, and there are times when you're going to want something, and it's not going to happen. And so I'm not saying it needs to be like out there in social media in their face, but that is part of life, to experience jealousy, to experience disappointment, to figure out a way to learn the skill to be happy for someone else even when you're disappointed yeah. right or to learn how to like turn off social media like right. you know what you don't want to see it tonight that everyone's posting where they got into high school like just let's go out to dinner and like do something else and whatever um yeah it's gonna be i love the 5 p.m i think that is yeah. so funny it's like you'll have two hours but a lot of people's parents aren't even home yet <laughs> right work. right i think they give it a time I, they, they send the same thing home to the parents they like please don't share on social media <laughs> in case other parents have not had the same news maybe they're giving us the benefit of the doubt that that we won't but that's a good point um, yeah you know what that's an excellent point i'm not sure that it would have occurred to me to wait till 5 p.m because i'm dying to know where we got into high school i'm dying to know i'm not yeah, my kid too. it's not <laughs> my kid uh, but man new york kids are tough because of it right by the time we get to right. the kids college they're like whatever i've taken three thousand tests i filled yeah. out 85 mm-hmm. applications if I'm my done. daughter hadn't gotten in where she wanted to get in i i really think it would have been devastating for her devastating she was had her heart set since kindergarten uh yeah that's hard but kids feel that way about college, too. It's hard. And so I guess you do adjust to it. And I guess the truth is our kids are probably growing up with disappointment online all the time. We don't even know it, you yeah. know, whether it's not being invited to things or not making a team or whatever it is. So but. so Facebook is teaching our kids what we as society have not taught them about, you know, not everybody getting a medal. Not everyone gets 100 not likes on every Instagram photo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, so basically our advice is, like, tell your kid to suck it up but be conscientious of other people. (laughs) And and adults, too. Right. And adults, too. There's a difference between pride and gloating. Yeah. You know what? That's an excellent way to sum it up because I want to be proud of my kids, and sometimes I just want to do it publicly. And and proud of myself, too, when I accomplish something. But you can tell when it's gloating and you just want to smack those people through the computer screen. Yeah, totally. Or when they, I, I hate the humble brag. That's the one I hate. I hate, <laughs> like if you're going to gloat, gloat. Yeah, but right. don't pretend you're so freaking humble. That makes me crazy. Yeah. Just put I it out there. I can't believe it's me. Yes, yeah. you can. Oprah still says that. <laughs> Oprah's right. like, I can't believe I'm sitting here with Steven Spielberg. Seriously? Really? You're Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> you're worth more than Steven Spielberg. Yeah, whatever. All right. Let's move on to our parenting bites of the week. The one thing you should read, download, listen to. Who wants to start? I, I can start. All right, Amy. Um, my daughter, she's been making a lot of movies lately. Um, we actually bought her a video camera, just you know, a cheap little Sony video camera for Christmas because she wanted to kind of move to the next level and be able to put it on one of my old tripods. But the funny thing is, even though she has all of that now, she still often uses... Um, an app on the iPad that she she's been using for years and absolutely loves. It's called Lego Movie Maker and it's a stop yeah, motion awesome. app. Oh, it's incredible. And it's supposed the the point of it is that you're supposed to take your Legos and make stop motion movies. But she mostly does it with Barbies or with herself. And they're 
absolutely hilarious and you can put in sounds and sound effects and it's it's really great and my daughter has no editing skills whatsoever. It's not like she knows how to edit a real movie, but it's really, really intuitive, and it's it's just a fantastic app. I love this thing, and it's free. She should put them up on Kids Views. Oh, my Where God, she videos? should. She can put those on Kids Views? Yes. Yeah. <gasps> Director's yeah. channel. Oh, my <laughs> God. I don't think she knew that. Of course. Oh, they're all going up there. Oh, they're as long as her Barbies aren't having sex, nope. put them up. <laughs> they are not, and they are hilarious. Yes, absolutely. We'd love it. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Nancy? All right. Before I give my bite of the week, is that an iPhone I see in front of Amy? Good God, no. Oh, all right. I was <laughs> no. kind of freaking out. I, what do you they, mean, good God, no? They, they know that I'm that I'm a Windows phone uh, devotee. Oh, it's an iDevice. I, I have two iPods. I've had them for a couple of years now because I do a lot of video stuff, and it is impossible to find any kind of range of tripods and holders and, th- and, and apps, you know, if you want really specialized apps for Windows phones. So I gave in, and I bought a couple of iPods just for doing video. But it's also so handy when I want to check out things like the Vine Kids Kids app and the YouTube Kids app, which aren't on Windows Phone and never will be. No, right? So that's that. <laughs> I was, not I was an like freaking iPhone. out. I I also for many years was a Windows devotee, and now I gave up because so many things weren't available. But Boo. anyway, but I never thought Amy would. <laughs> never I thought won't. Amy would leave the Windows Fold. I did leave the Fold. <laughs> um, so my pick of the week is the New York Times new cooking. Oh, it's the best. Site. The New York, I think it's Ooh. like cooking.newyorktimes.com. My general rule of thumb is if they advertise the crap out of something, like uh, if a movie has so much marketing and a really long promo and you see it everywhere you go, it's probably a really bad movie. Yeah. I've never seen more advertising for anything than the New York Times cooking app. It is constant. <laughs> it is in your face. It's in every magazine. It's all over the place. And it is so fabulous. They have a, I don't, and I don't like cooking shows. I don't, I cook all the time. I have probably have over a hundred cookbooks in my apartment, um, but I don't like cooking shows. These things are so beautifully shot and they're short. So I don't want to sit and watch someone make food for 45 minutes, but for like three minutes and they're beautifully shot and really well done. And I tweeted one of the recipes out and Sam Sifton tweeted me back. So now I'm very loyal, <laughs> but I have, I have found one of my absolute like weekly go-to recipes on there that I make, which is Craig Claiborne smothered chicken. We will link to that on our <gasps> Facebook page because it Claiborne is smothered. awesome. That's an oldie. It's an oldie. And Sam Sifton put it back. I was great. Um, and it's just, they have a cooking class. They have, what should you make this week? They have go with grains. They've all separated by different things. It's all beautifully shot, beautifully edited. And all the recipes from the bazillions of years that the New York Times uh, Wednesday food section has been printing recipes. Forever. So Pierre Franey oh, and awesome. Craig Claiborne and Mark Bittman, Melissa Clark. All, Amanda Haas. Amanda Haas. All the people that you see every week and all those. And you don't have to clip out a little piece of paper anymore. How did I there. avoid all of the advertising? This is I the first time I can't believe it's on this. your Facebook feed every no third kidding. thing. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. It is amazing. Wow. Oh, I can't wait to check it, it out. It is. It's, and it's, I think it's surpassed uh, all those other cooking yeah, I'm sort, sites, of, right? I'm sort of done with Epicurious like Epicurious, now. it's way better than Epicurious yeah. and, and Food 52. Um, all right, I'm going low-tech because I like to be the low-tech person. Um, Nancy and I <laughs> were at a, a show at Javits Center, which is the big convention center here. It's the children's like clothing trade show. I have no idea what it is, and I don't know why this woman was there, but it was the best thing we saw there. 
Um, it is called Sparkle Screen, and it is sunscreen, all natural, chemical free, with glitter in it. Oh my God, that has Fiona's name written on it. Oh, yeah. Wait, and they have one that has bug repellent. Bug repellent in it, natural, and it, it smells good. It smells delicious. It is PABA and paraben free. It is thirty plus. Which for me means 30 seconds in the sun. I appreciate it. And has not made with any nut oils, which I guess a lot of natural sunscreens are actually also made with nut oils. Oh. So if you have a nut allergy, it's a problem. It's called Sparkle Screen, and it's available at GlitterTots, T-O-T-S dot com. And, um, and this summer in all justice stores around the country, she yes. says. Nice. Launching an all justice, which is like, makes total sense. And yeah. I love the application. It's, oh, my God. It's a roller. So you roll it on <gasps> yes. so there's no waste. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, telling you, like, she rubbed it on both. We're like, woo, we're glittery and everything. But I think, <laughs> A, if you have a girl who hates, kids who hate sunscreen, I think it's great. Camp, it's great. Um, and it's just, it's not even, the fact that it's just completely, you know, zinc oxide, but it's the non-nano, so it's not the particles that can get in, absorb, super absorb into your skin. But mm. it went on clear. Yeah, I mean, not clear. clear. It went on glittery. Oh, glittery, <laughs> yeah. Um, so check it out. We'll put a link to it on the site. It was really highly recommended. I don't even know how much it is. I'm sorry. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even ask her. I was so excited about it. Um, so that's it for this week. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Parenting Bites with a Y, where Amy does amazing wrap-up reports of our entire episode, plus Thank links you. to everything we talked about this week. Um, you can check us out on Twitter at Parenting underscore Bites, because somebody is sitting on Parenting Bites. Um, and and uh, subscribe to us on iTunes at Parenting Bites and in the Play It Network on Parenting Bites. And subscribe and rate subscribe, us and review. Subscribe, subscribe, Review and rate us. We bump up to the top. Um we got to bump up to the top. You know, we love the wrestler on our network, but he's kicking our butt. Because <laughs> he's a wrestler. He's Makes a wrestler. sense. Stands to reason. We're the bunch of moms. He's a wrestler. Exactly. And we'll see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank